Uh, hi. Um, I'll be reading Luke 1 and 4. Uh, one of the names for God uh, used in today's scripture will be Fount of Justice, beginning in Luke chapter 1. Mary sang, With all my heart I glorify the Fount of Justice. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice to God my Savior. They have looked with favor on the low status of their servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is their name. They show mercy to everyone, from one generation to the next, who honors them as God. They have shown strength with their arm. They have scattered those who, with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. They have pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. They have filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. They have come to the aid of the servant Israel, remembering their mercy, just as they promised our ancestors to Sarah and to Abraham and to their descendants forever. Now jumping ahead to chapter 4. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and was prayed by everyone. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been raised. On the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue as he normally did and stood up to read. The synagogue assistant gave him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of God is upon me because the fount of justice has anointed me. They have sent me to preach good news to the poor and proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed and to proclaim the jubilee year of God's favor. Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue assistant and sat down. Every eye in the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. Everyone was raving about Jesus, so impressed were they by the gracious words flowing from his lips. They said, this is Joseph's son, isn't it? For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Let us sing together one of Amy's favorite hymns, 549, Be Thou My Vision, 549. Let us... <laughs>
I can't even. <laughs> oh, how can I stand here with such love in my heart and <laughs> not just weep? <laughs> I won't be able to do it. <laughs> uh, uh, this is not in what I prepared, but <laughs> as I heard Naomi read, I was like, I thought, oh, truly is she not Amy's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so proud. Uh, in fact, I have to <laughs> roll my eyes a little at the conclusion of that text when the people uh, who are listening to Jesus read and they're saying to each other, oh, surely this is Joseph's son. <laughs> uh, and if anything, that is a child of his mother. <laughs> the chip off of the maternal block. He is singing the same song that Mary has sung since his conception. Uh, Megan sometimes says when she preaches that she only has one sermon, really one or two sermons, and I think the same is true for all preachers, including myself. And if anything, I think the, the sermon I sing, the sermon I preach, is the same one that Mary and Jesus preach in these texts. So when it came to choosing what are the texts that we hear and listen to, what are the texts that we read this morning, to me it seemed obvious. The problem is, there is so much to say. I may have one sermon, but it's the long one. <laughs> There's so much to say both about these texts and about serving as your pastor for 18 years that, I mean, what even is life that 18 years can go by? so quickly and yet holds so much. Um, so that there is so much to say that I decided I really just had to play the game that I learned from Melanie when that has become a part of our congregational practice. I can talk about, and by the way, I want to take full credit for recruiting Melanie and Jonathan to be pastors in this congregation <laughs> before I leave. <laughs> I can talk about liminal space. These texts, these were texts used at my ordination. And that moment, like this one, was a space between, just like Mary and Jesus, both of them are in these liminal spaces when they proclaim the words, Mary about to give birth and yet not yet having that. Jesus on the cusp of his public ministry, both of them living in sort of the fear and joy and not knowing what ne what's next. I can talk about how God's favor, who both Mary and Jesus sing of, God's favor doesn't translate to a life of ease or to lucky breaks. In fact, being the favorite might be hard. Both Mary and Jesus talk about God's favor, God's favor on Mary, who's a handmaiden, God's favor on all people now fulfilled at the reading of Jesus. If you have been a reader of my midweek message to families, which for years I wrote almost every Wednesday, a variety, you know, like write a reflection, write, here's some resources, here's what's coming up. Uh, it, was, it was one of the things I loved doing. Uh, if you're a reader of that, you might remember an unlikely comparison that I made between the world of Pokemon and Christian discipleship. Uh, if not, I made sure, Melissa, there's a link to it, so you can, you can share it with the sermon link. 
Um, even many of us who are unfamiliar familiar with Pokemon are familiar with Pikachu, the little, the little yellow face of Pokemon. He's, he's an electric type. Uh, it doesn't matter if you don't know what that means. Uh, um, he's, the, he's the face of the brand, and his closest relationship was with Ash, and Ash is his Pokemaster. And uh, Ash has lots of little pocket monsters. That's what Pokemon is short for. Um, the whole thing about their relationship is Ash always says, I choose you. I choose you, Pikachu. And for, for Pikachu, that means he's gonna, he's usually about to go into battle with another Pokemon. This is, this is where the comparison ends. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but, but what I love about this choosing is, is, is Pikachu is Ash's favorite. He's the one that he chooses every time and receiving God's favor is like that. God chooses us every time. God chooses us every time, and our job is to respond by lifting up the lowly and liberating the oppressed and filling the hungry and freeing the captives and being a, heart, a pastor here in the heart of Lake City along with all of you has taught me to be favored in that way and to share God's favor, to be called on again and again and again to walk in the way of Jesus and of Mary. And I can definitely talk about learning from you. I have learned so much from the time I arrived as a baby pastor. I can talk about learning how to build consensus. I can talk about when to listen and when to listen more. I can talk about being present in grief and joy and conflict. I can talk about being with youth. I didn't think I wanted to be a youth pastor. When I heard about SMC in 2005, one, I was a little surprised there was a Mennonite church in Seattle at all. And two, the idea of moving Seattle was interest. The idea, the idea of, of moving to Seattle was was interesting. When my friend Heidi, hi Heidi, if you're there, uh, told me that her church was using, looking for a youth pastor, I said, "Nope, it was, <laughs> it was not for me." But I was persuaded to look again, and I learned as I learned more about the position and about all of you thought, yes, there, there would be youth work and there would be room to grow into my own gifts and into the needs of this congregation that arose as we together were in ministry. And being a pastor to youth has been such a privilege. From these years as a youth pastor, <clears throat> I can talk about encountering biblical stories anew or for the first time about hearing the ways that young people see and experience God in their lives. I can talk about wading into Lake Washington, wearing a dry suit for an early morning Easter baptism. And I can talk about baptisms and blessings right here in this space. And the beauty of those moments. I can talk about playing bonkers games of Dutch Blitz and mafia and sardines and about laughing at long and very ridiculous jokes and I am looking right at you, Espen. <laughs> I can talk about goofy banana costumes and feats of strength. I can talk about making teens squirm because their pastor is talking to them about sex and making them talk about it too. I can talk about the tremendous gifts that our young people bring to this congregation. Gifts of music, gifts of art and writing and organizing and leadership and creativity, 
and humor and intelligence and compassion. Oh, and I can talk about seeing the youth of this congregation grow up to be creative, intelligent, compassionate young adults. And it gives me great hope as a parent to see how the, ch the children of this church mature into just like the most wonderful young adults. Uh, some of whom have remained with us or have returned to us in their adulthood. I can talk about coming alongside families. As my job description shifted as I ministered here to include working with children and families and with our Sunday school program, oh, I've loved sharing my favorite books and resources. I can talk about drawing the scripture and telling the stories of scripture with you all. I can talk about creating a welcoming playground for children so that they know that they are welcome in this space. I can talk about holding your little ones in my arms and blessing them and blessing you, their parents. I can talk about COVID visits with care packages full of Play-Doh and candles and glitter and Pentecost pinwheels or with Bibles for third graders. I can talk about conversations on porches and front steps and backyards. And I can talk about the joy and struggle of pastoring as a parent. When I was pregnant with Naomi, I heard so many beautiful stories, beautiful and funny and harrowing stories of births of this congregation's children. When I miscarried, I heard stories of loss, and I felt your love as you cared for me. And when either of my children has had their own struggles among you here, or when we're at a campsite, you have been patient. You've been their friends and beloved elders, watching over them, playing games with them, listening to their stories, learning so many facts about dinosaurs. <laughs> I can talk about how, when I've, how, I've, how much I have learned about parenting from walking with you and having you parents walk with me. I can talk about being a God bearer. When I hear Mary sing her song of praise and protest, she is literally bearing the gift of God within her body. And Jesus, too, is God-bearer in his own body, in his presence with his community. He is taking up the ministry that he's called to, that he's known since he was a child, would be his, in the temple with his elders and the rabbis. But he's also taking up the mantle of his mother and his father. This is indeed Joseph and Mary's son. Together, they have borne witness to God's presence through time, in their songs, and in their actions, immersing Jesus in the biblical story, making pilgrimage to Jerusalem, letting him spend time with rabbis, going to the synagogue. And we, too, all of us, are God-bearers. Each of us carries that spark of God within each of you carries that spark of God within you. And my work in your midst has been 
to bear witness to that within you and of God at work here through our songs and our stories and the scripture, to what the, what the Spirit is doing even now among us. So when I say I have only one sermon, that's it. I hope that in what I've written, in what I've drawn, in what I've preached, in what I've acted, I have, like Mary, sung of a God who brings down the powerful from their thrones, who has fed the hungry, who has scattered the proud. Truly, I have been favored to have this as my calling and to have y'all as my people. And truly, I have been beloved. We didn't use this text this morning because that might have been a little too much Bible, but the moment when Jesus is baptized at the beginning of his ministry and the spirit descends like a dove upon him and Jesus hears God's voice saying, you are my beloved child. In that moment of favor, Jesus knows himself to be beloved and truly I have been also both by God and by you, my people, and you too. You are favored and you are beloved, both by God and by me, your pastor. And even as we part, that will continue to be true. Amen. Am I supposed to stay here? Okay, good. (laughs) 